0: What up, what up, welcome to another episode of Let's Ask Paul. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and we got a pretty good one for you today. Uh, Before I get into today's topic that was submitted, um, I want to remind you that you can get all of our podcasts on our mobile app. Just go to our website, fasttracksystem.com, and that's tracks, T-R-A-X, okay, not T-R-A-C-K, Okay. Go to our website and you can download our mobile app and you can get access to so many things on that mobile app. Calculators. You got the ability to reach out and ask us a question directly through the app. You can go to the chat room, the message boards, the Sparky Hub. Um, you've got, if you're a Fast Track student, you can get to that. You can listen to all of our podcasts directly from the app and stream it to whatever Bluetooth device you want. That's just so much. And we're constantly adding things in it the most important thing is is it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And we're constantly adding things to that. So go check that out. It's on our website, FastTrackSystem.com. Of course, you can also find it at our quick link, which is NECChat.com. So you can go there as well. Um, But of course, it's also available on our legacy site, ElectricalCodeAcademy.net. If that's what you prefer, uh, then go there as well. Um, Once you get that app, it's basically a progressive web app, means it doesn't put anything in your phone, there's no security worries, it just basically, you go there, you'll you'll scan the barcode, or you'll go to the URL, if you're using your phone, to go to our website and go to the mobile page. It's going to ask you if you want to put an icon on your home screen, and just say yes, and that's just a quick link that's going to launch a web-based mobile app. And that way we can change it and you always will be updated and things like that. And then there's so many features and we're going to be constantly adding more. So make sure you check that out. OK, um, so today's episode is, is also sponsored by uh, you know, Electrical Code Academy and the Fast Tracks program. If you really want to learn the National Electrical Code, then you really got to immerse yourself into a uh, code based program. And I can tell you why our program is better than anybody else's. It's just not me blowing smoke. First of all, our programs have competency reviews. You're not just getting a book or DVD. I literally look at all of your questions and I respond back with code references and tell you which ones you got wrong. And I give you the reference so that you can go back and look it up. Okay. Um, you can interact with me through many different features. There's a special form over on the Sparky Hub that's just for Fast Track students. If you haven't logged into that yet or signed up for it and you're a Fast Track student, shame on you. Get over there and get logged into that. Um, so you got that as well. Uh, you also, again, we have the Wednesday nights that you could come to, although that is changing in June, June 15th. Again, that's going to be changing to where it's going to be streamed live. Now, the focus on that show that's live, it's called Fast Tracks Live, is we're still going to be catering to the Fast Track student. The questions are going to be more the fast track student type questions. The lessons are going to be fast tracks dedicated type lessons. And what we're doing is we're opening it up and letting people join us to learn a little bit, find out about our program, but also again, um, interact with us because you've got chat that you can interact. And all that starts on June 15th. So that's the live show. So make sure you You check that out on June 15th on all of our social platforms. We'll be streaming them to everything, Okay, All right. Uh, And again, that is going to be, I believe it's 7.30 Central Standard Time, or I should, yeah, just Central Time, uh, which is where we're at in Texas. So again, adjust accordingly. if you're on the East Coast, you're going to be an hour ahead. If you're in the West Coast, you're going to be two hours behind. So again, adjust your time accordingly. Okay, let's get into today's topic. Uh, I did have a question that sent to me, and it was more of a kind of a personal type of question. And this question was basically asking me, and most of you know I serve on Code Making Panel 5, and it's, uh, it's my favorite panel to serve on. I do also serve on 17. Uh, not as enamored with that one as I obviously am on Code Panel 5, um, and I'm a principal on 5. I'm an alternate on 17, which makes sense. I don't care to be a principal on uh, Code Panel 17, I'm just saying. Okay, um, so let's kind of look at it here. So the question that was sent to me, it says, Paul, what is the number one, uh, I if I can't read this, uh, what is the number one issue that you find or grounding and bonding violations that you're asked about on a constant basis? OK, so what is the what is the number one grounding and bonding violation you get asked about? Uh, and that's an important thing, because obviously being on Code Panel 5, I do get a lot of grounding and bonding questions that are sent to me. And again, I the lesson to ask Paul, uh, the Paul portal. Uh, also, by the way, we'll be answering a lot of those questions on the new fast tracks live as well. So that's another reason if you send in your questions to paulabernathy.com, uh, they may be selected to be used on a live session. So that's an incentive for you. You got questions you always wanted to ask. Just go to uh, paulabernathy.com, p a u l a b e r n a t h y dot com, And you can submit them that way. Uh, and, um, that website's in sponsor with Wix, so again, it's just a way for you to get in touch with us. Plus, you can also listen to the uh, Let's Ask Paul podcast there as well. If you happen to, you know, be using your phone or browser and you want to just go there, you can also listen to everything straight from there as well, too. So that's another an option for you. Um, and also our podcasts are available on all of your popular listening platforms: Spreaker, Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio. Um, Podbean, gosh, uh Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the places you can catch it. Just go searching for Master the NEC Podcast and you'll be able to find it. Okay. We appreciate all you out there listening. All right. So let me talk about the number one thing that I see, or at least what I'm asked about. Let me put it that way. Um, and this is going to be what you hear me refer to as an improper case to neutral connection. Case being the grounded enclosure and the neutral being the grounded conductor that is serving as a neutral in most cases that I see. Not all cases, but most cases that I'm having to see with, when it comes to images and what people share with me or what I see on social media. Um, so when it comes to that, it's probably going to be 250.24 uh, A5, and that is a load size grounding connection. Now, here's what it says in the National Electrical Code, and I kind of bring you a little context of where I see this the most, or when people do it, whether they're posting pictures on social media, whether it's trade hounds or Instagram or TikTok or whatnot, and people are very proud of their work, and that's good. It's good to be proud of their work, uh, but don't post that picture, don't post that video unless you know that it's code compliant. Otherwise, you're going to have people pick it apart because it is what it is. It's promoting improper installations, and we do not want other people learning from that. You're going to learn worse from, you know, seeing an improper installation than worrying more about how pretty it looks. If it's still wrong, it's wrong. So if you got your code books uh, or you're listening to this in the car, don't worry, I'm going to dictate it to you, is 250.24A5. That is entitled uh, Load Side Grounding Connections. So here's what it says. It says, A grounded conductor shall not be connected to normally non-current carrying metal parts of equipment to equipment grounding conductors or to be connected to ground on the load side of the service disconnecting means, except as otherwise permitted in this article. And we'll talk about where it's permitted just by uh, historical reasons and what was allowed in the past and things like that. But in general, probably the biggest thing I see is that when people have a service disconnecting means, and let's say now it's a one and two family, so it's outside the dwelling in accordance with uh, 230.85, and it it could be the service disconnect, or it might be just emergency disconnect only, and you still have a a panel out there with the service disconnect in it, or maybe your service disconnect is your emergency uh, and your service disconnect, however you're complying. With 230.85, and you got three options out there: meter disconnect, separate disconnect, or uh, you could have a service uh, and a qu- emergency disconnect all in one. So you got three options here in the uh, in uh, 230.85, right? So pick your flavor, whichever one you want. But what's important about that is once you have the service equipment, and that is where you're going to have your main bonding jumper, right? And that's going to physically connect the equipment grounds that come in, the grounded conductor that comes from the utility, all together, and it's going to make that connection to the case. And that's why you'll hear us prop- talk about improper case to neutral. That's okay at the service. All of those come together. And that's where you take your grounding conductor from that common terminal bus down to whatever your electrodes are, whether it's a U for ground or ground rods or whatever you may have. Okay. And of course, y'all all know all of your electrodes and all are in 250.52. And of course, 250.50 requires you to tie them all together if you have more than one uh, type of a, a grinding electrode system there. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's a different topic. So the load side grounding connection is where somebody would run a feeder downstream from the service equipment and use a panel that is perfectly capable of being used as suitable for service equipment, for use as service equipment, and it still has a green um, main bonding jumper in it, and they don't take it out. And so they land the equipment grounds from the various branch circuits that might come out of that uh, feeder panel, um, and they take it and they make a connection where the grounded conductor is the neutral and the equipment grounds are intimate with each other, because they don't isolate the neutral above the case so that it doesn't come in contact with the case. Uh, And then you have the equipment grounds, which do come in contact with the case, okay? Uh, Now, the reason that you want that neutrals to be kind of isolated, floating, not in contact with the metal parts is because there's gonna be current traveling at any given time on a grounded neutral conductor, okay? And if you were to tie that to the metal parts, then you're gonna have circulating current it also can lead to objectionable currents. It can also lead to um, if you um, lose a neutral, now you've got path traveling on the metal parts. All those types of things are going to be unsafe, right? Unsafe situation. So we want to make sure that at the end of the day, what we're doing with that is we're, we're not going to run the risk of that taking place because we're not going to do an improper case to neutral downstream, Right. And so when we we set it up properly, we're not going to run three conductors to a detached structure like a building. OK, so it's also going to go the same way if we're running to ranges or dryers. Then when we do that, we have to make sure we run four conductors as well, and we're also going to isolate the neutral, and so it doesn't come in contact with any of the metal parts. Makes sense? Same concept. It's just a difference in taking it to an outlet, in this case, uh, where you need an equipment ground and a neutral and uh, two ungrounded conductors. It's no different than going to the detached structure. Now, when we read the allowance here in 250.24A5, and we read it, and it also said, unless otherwise permitted in this article, the reason it makes that statement is because there are some applications within the NEC that are legacy. And when we say legacy, meaning they have been allowed based on previous accepted uh, code additions. And one of those is to kind of think, okay, well, under 250.32, you have an A, which is going to require the grounding electrode at that building or structure, that is supplied by a feeder or branch circuit. So again, that's your your detached garage, let's say, and you take a circuit. Yes, you're gonna have to establish a grounding electrode system there. Now there is an exception if you only take a branch circuit out there and things like that. So that's an exception under 250.32A, but we're talking about a panel that's being installed in a detached garage. Um, And you're gonna run four conductors out there, right? Equipment ground, a grounded neutral conductor, and two ungrounded conductors, or two HOTs, okay? You're going to want to isolate that, that neutral so it doesn't come in contact with the metal case. Now, when you read 250.32A, that's about the electrode at the building. But what we want to look at is B, and that's for a grounded system, right? So you'll see what it says in B. Here's what it says. It says, an equipment grounding conductor as described in 250.118, and of course, I'll remind you, 250.118 is the list of acceptable equipment grounding conductors. So if you want to pause the podcast, you want to go look at it, you'll see all the different allowances to be an equipment grounding conductor. So at first, it's telling us that we have to provide an equipment grounding conductor. And it says, it shall be run with the supply conductors and be connected to the building or structures disconnecting means and to the grounding electrodes. Okay. So that's why you go to the detached structure. And let's say it's a it's a it's a two-car garage that's you're going to be converted man cave or she shed. In your backyard, you have a panel in there, you've run four conductors to it. You isolate the neutral. The equipment ground connects to a bus that's connected to the case. And then you go from that case connection and you're going to run it down and you're going to be taking it down to the grounding electrode via a grounding electrode conductor, right? Um, And in doing that, um, you're not going to take that GEC and connect it to the grounded neutral. It's going to go to the equipment ground that ran with that feeder, okay? So that's what it's basically telling you, and that's how it's going to make the connection to the grounding electrode that's at that detached structure. It goes on to say, and again, for those that are wondering where we're reading it, this is 250.32B1, by the way. It says, the equipment grounding conductor shall be used for grounding or bonding of equipment, structures, or frames required to be grounded or bonded. It says the equipment grounding conductor shall be sized in accordance with 250.122, obviously based on the overcurrent device upstream that's supplying that feeder to the building. Makes sense. Um, It says any installed grounded conductor shall not be connected to the equipment grounding conductor or to the grounding electrodes. Now, it says it flat out not to do that. Okay? Now, there was a time when that was permitted. That is when it says, unless otherwise permitted, now you have to look at the exception number one. And what does it say? It says, exception number one, it says the, in, uh, the installation made in compliance with previous additions of the code that were permitted such connection, that permitted such connection it says the ground and conductor run with the supply conductors uh, to the bonding or to the building or structure shall be permitted to serve as the ground fault return path if all the, following re- con- uh, all the following requirements continue to be met. And I won't go into the different requirements, but basically, if you meet these requirements, it's basically saying, look, you didn't run an equipment ground in the past. You basically run two hots and a neutral, just like what you do at a service although that's a feeder, not a service, but it was permitted at one point to run three conductors to a detached structure. Well, you can't do it now, but if it was under a previous cycle, and you'll have to do your due diligence to see when that was allowed, I believe, don't hold me to it, I believe the last time this was allowed was uh, under the 2005 edition of the NEC, but anyway, you need to go look because I'm not a historian, and I've moved beyond that, so I try to forget old stuff because there's just no room in his head for all that old stuff as I'm starting to teach new stuff and what's allowed today. But it's easily, you can go look it up and see uh, when that application was, uh, was stated. Now, if you meet all of these conditions, then it's an existing building, it's allowed to stay. But that does not affect new installations, okay? New installations, it's not going to work. You're going to have to have four conductors. So I think the, what I see the most... Is images and illustrations—I uh, uh, well, shouldn't say illustrations—images and pic- you know pictures of people posting their work, and the main bonding jumper is in there, and it's clearly a remote distribution panel. It's a feeder panel, and it's being supplied by a feeder. And when you look at it really closely, you will notice that the equipment grounds uh, are connected, right, and they're connected to the. Uh, um, um, the uh, grounded conductor improperly through a main bonding jumper, and that creates an uh, improper connection, an improper case to neutral connection, and that's a problem. And it, you're not supposed to do that. And that's a direct violation of 250.24A5. And it creates circulating currents, it creates potential live parts that are carrying current, because we know the neutral is going to carry current at all times, um, it carries the maximum imbalance load between the phases. So nothing is totally balanced, especially in a dwelling. So at the end of the day, there will be current circulating on that. And remember, it only takes a tenth of an amp to kill you, and we don't need to be energizing metal parts downstream. Um, so at the end of the day, that is probably the number one thing that I find or that people um, uh, show me pictures of or get asked about is improper case to neutrals and using the grounded conductor downstream to bond metal parts, which is not to be done. It is okay to use it on the supply side of the service disconnect, and we get those permissions in the code. And if you want to know in the code where you get those permissions, by the way, to do that on the supply side, use the grounded conductor to bond wireways and whatever on the supply side, uh, then you need to take your code book. And what you'll do is you'll go looking into it and you'll see where it gives you that permission to use the, the, the grounded conductor on the supply side. Now, before I even talk about that, I want to make sure that we're, we're all on the same page, that when we're talking about that, it's called the supply side equipment and the use of the grounded conductor for bonding, not the load side, the supply side. And that would be 250.142. So if you want to go look at that, there you go, right? So um, now, if you want reassurance that you don't make this connection on the load side, then you want to make sure that you also look at 250.142B uh, because that's going to remind you again. And it's going to give you some exceptions for things like ranges and dryers that were permitted at one time, just like we talked about for the feeder. At one time, it was permitted, right? And it's going to make references to that And that's, you know, things that are covered in 250.140 for the ranges and dryers and all that kind of good stuff. But that's not something you can do today. That is something that's from existing application. All right. Uh, And you'll also see, you know, that what you can do on the supply side, you can't do on the load side. Now, if you want to see about ranges and dryers and the the exception for that, just go to 250.140. Pause the podcast, go look at that, and you'll get a better understanding. Now, as I always say, if you have any questions about what I went over, again, I understand that this is an audible world, and it's sometimes hard to paint that mental picture, uh, and I try to do my best, but you all know that you can go over to um, paulabernathy.com. Of course, for that matter, you could actually go to um, our website and do that as well, right? Uh, but uh, we prefer you to to uh, just go over and just go to paulavernante.com and do that. That's what we would prefer. You do that, and that way you can send us a question, and we'll answer the question in a podcast, uh, or we'll answer it on our new Wednesday night coming June 15th, uh, but you'll also get an email from me, uh, I will tell you one thing. I am not like most educators. I do my best to respond to your emails. If I happen to forget you, just just tag me again and let me know, hey, did you, you didn't get my email because I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a week, people asking me for opinions and consulting and code questions. And of course, we have the students and then uh, you know, our, our program has over 5,000 students through its history, and, and, and we're still connected with all our students. So even if they finish the program, I'm still there as a resource for them. They're in the family. That's another benefit to our program. You're in the family. Right? So, you know, that, that's a, just another benefit you get. All right. So anyway, hopefully I answered that question. That, to me, is the number one thing that I get asked or that I see in images is improper case to neutral or connecting between the equipment ground and the grounded conductor on the load side of a service disconnect, uh, except where it's uh, kind of a legacy thing that we looked at in 250.32B or in 250.140 exception uh, and things like that. So other than that, that is probably the number one thing that I see out there. So here's the moral, here's the uh, executive summary of this. Anytime that you're gonna run four conductors to a range or to a dryer or to a detached structure, okay? Uh, Well, you know what? Even if you put a panel in your attached structure, if it's still a remote distribution panel, you still have to separate the grounds and the neutrals, elevate the neutrals, the grounds go to a terminal that connects it to the case or the the enclosure, and keep it isolated. You only can bring them together at the service. Anything downstream? No bueno. Okay. So, again, go check out the code. If you have any other questions on that, feel free to email me uh, or just go to our paulavernethe.com and let us know, let you know what episode this is. And if you have a follow up question, please feel free to reach out to us and I'll be more than happy to try to help you. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless.